Welcome back to Sin Student Ministries Anchored Podcast. Today we're in Hebrews chapter 5. It reads, For every high priest chosen from among men is appointed to act on behalf of men in relation to God, to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. He can deal gently with the ignorant and wayward, since he himself is beset with weakness. Because of this, he is obligated to offer sacrifice for his own sins, just as he does for those of the people. And no one takes this honor for himself, but only when called by God, just as Aaron was. So also Christ did not exalt himself to be made a high priest, but was appointed by him who said to him, You are my son, today I have begotten you. As he says also in another place, You are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications, with loud cries and tears, to him who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him, being designated by God a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. About this we have much to say, and it's hard to explain, since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child, but solid food is for the mature. For those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. As we jump in here to Hebrews chapter 5, we focus on the second comparison that the author of Hebrews is making to the Old Testament realities with Jesus. So he's compared first Jesus to Moses, the individual who was responsible for giving them the law. Now he focuses on the high priests, who are the individuals who are responsible for continually mediating between God and man. When we look back at the scriptures, we can see the book of Exodus lays out the importance of the priests and the way in which they are to mediate for the people. As we also walk through the Exodus generation, we see that there are many people who are not exactly happy with how the priesthood is functioning. And they say, has God only chosen these certain people to be the ones who are doing the things of the Lord and who are speaking to him? We see these different rebellions rise up, and we see in the way in which God displays that he has appointed the individuals who will be speaking with him, and he has done that as part of his purpose. And so those who continue to rebel, uh, sadly, either experience plague, suffering, or even death in radical ways to display that God has not called them to be his messenger, but instead has chosen Aaron's line to be his priests. And within that, and here in our passage, we see that the importance of what's happening here is that just as these individuals did not choose to be there, God appointed Jesus to make him the high priest. And so as we focus in today on this nugget of truth about the way in which Jesus is the great high priest for us, we need to understand that Jesus was appointed for this task by the Father to be the mediator between God's people and himself. And why is that needed? It's needed because, as we see in here, the sinfulness of man keeps them separate from God. The sinfulness of the high priest, verse 3 and verse 4, kept him from God because the sin needed to have an atonement so that the individual could be in a right standing with God and go before them. But the high priest had to do that himself so that then he could represent God's people before him. But Jesus did not have to do that because his priesthood is different. His priesthood is different because it's here spoken of as being a higher order, the order of Melchizedek. It's also different because Jesus did not have 
the sin that needed to be atoned for for himself. And so Jesus could do the functions of the priest without having to have the sacrifice needed to take his place before the Lord. But because he took on our sins, his sacrifice was needed so that he could stand before the Lord. And so we walk through that and we see his suffering. We see the obedience of what he did. We see the way in which he provided what could only be provided through his willing sacrifice for us on the cross. And so as we reflect on that today, it should allow us to see, and hopefully we always understand, that Jesus is greater than any of the other religious systems that are out there. Now, while we said this previously, remember that the people that the author of Hebrews is writing to were not as in touch with Jesus as hopefully we are as we study God's word, but they had lived in the reality that the high priest was their mediator. And so to see the importance of saying, hey, that is no longer needed when there actually is that system still in place and that system is functioning and people are going to the high priest and trying to continue to live that way. We have to understand that. We have to set that aside. We have to realize that that is a reality for the people that he is speaking to. But then we also have to understand that we must live as if this is the path that God has given to us. And so our question is, are we doing that? Do we live through the mediation of Jesus? Do we come before him? Do we come and offer our prayers up through him? Do we use him as the mediator, the access that we have to the Lord? Or are we seeking to do that some other way? Are we seeking to build a religious system? Are we seeking to look to wisdom of other people to do that? We see many other religions doing this. We see people like the Pope. We see people that are saying that there's new revelations through doctrines and covenants and other religious scriptures that allow us to have the access to God. We must understand that Jesus is the greatest access that we have to God because he is the one who did what needed to be done to allow us to stand before the Lord, to allow us to be represented by him in the heavenly places, and to allow us to live as we are called to live. As far as a question from this passage, I want us to focus in on verse 12. It says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. Does God call all of us to be teachers? That's the question we hope to look at today. Because as we've looked at the pastoral epistles of Paul, we saw that he was giving some specific offices in the church that were about teaching and leading and different things like that. But here it seems like the author of Hebrews is saying, hey, we're all supposed to be teachers. So how are we to understand that? Has God called some to be teachers or has he called all to be teachers? When we look into this, we see that there are some aspects in which God has called all individuals to be teachers. In order to be a teacher, you must understand what you are instructing others with. That is the great message of teaching. In order for you to be able to disseminate information and to accurately portray it to others, you must have a grasp of it first and foremost. And so when we look into other facets of the scriptures, we can see in 1 Peter 3.15, it tells us that we should be able to put to silence the ignorance of the foolish people around us. We should be able to correct them. We should be able to instruct them on what the truth is. We can look back at the Shema in Deuteronomy 6 and how parents are to instruct their children. They are to teach them. There are aspects of our life for which we are supposed to be teaching 
others about the realities that we're experiencing. But here in this passage, it lets us understand that in order to do that, you need to understand what it is you're trying to instruct. And so the warning of Hebrews chapter 5 says, yes, you were called to be teachers, but you're not ready. You're spiritually immature because you are focused on small things, the minuscule things that you should have understood as a child, rather than on the greater realities for which God is desiring you to learn. So if we're all to be teachers... There should be some things that we all have an understanding of that we're able to accurately instruct others on. And so a big question would be, what would those types of things be? What is it that we should be able to accurately speak to others about the things of the Lord so that they can understand the realities that we're seeking to explain? And so some of these big things should be, who is God? Who is man? Who is Jesus? What is forgiveness? Things like that, the biggest rocks of our faith. We should all first be able to understand these realities for ourselves, have internalized them, understanding how they impact our lives, what that means for us each day we live, and then we should be able to explain those realities to others because that is what God has called us to do. He has given us the message of reconciliation. He's given us the opportunity to be used by his kingdom and for his kingdom purposes. So we each have to have an understanding of what that looks like. We're each called to be teachers and to be able to move past these elementary principles that should be forming the foundations of our faith and be able to move on to other greater realities like these that are being explained here, the reality of the significance of Jesus for their lives over and above these other things. It's then that you move from just knowledge to wisdom and discernment. And so may it be our quest to continue to grow in our understanding of God's word, that we would be able to understand it for our lives, for how it applies to each one of us, as well as growing to the place where we can help others to see how God's word applies to them. As you endeavor to do that today, know you are loved.